Acts chapter 11, let's, let's, let's read. Pick it up in verse 19. Y'all know what happened last week. Peter had to give an explanation. We, uh, uh, Brother Sather brought the word, are you Peter, right? Asking the question. Peter had to come to the place. He had to give up his traditions. He had to give up what he learned in the, if you will, the church, the, the temple. He had to give up even his family, his Jewish heritage, his Jewish culture, and cross over into, we know this guy was from, from the Italian regiment, probably an Italian. This was somebody from the Jewish community going into the European community, if we want to say it today in our words. This is a, a brown guy, medium brown, talking to a white guy. Basically, that's what he was doing. He's crossing over. And he was told, even the people, even the church people said, have you gone to the Gentiles? You know our forefathers said you can't go to those people. And it was the traditions of men, not traditions of God. God didn't say so. God did separate the Jewish people as his chosen people. We know that. We can read the Bible and see that for ourselves. But he never said you can't go because God knew that the message was for whom? The entire world. Romans 1.16 tells us clearly, does it not? Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. By the way, if you're not a Jew this morning, look around. I don't know if you might be. We have one Jewish person that normally comes that knows he's Jewish. But if you're not Jewish this morning, you're a Gentile. Aren't we glad that God let the word of God come through the Jews to the Gentiles today? Aren't you glad? I'm glad to be saved. I'm thankful for those men and women, those people who sacrificed to get the word of God out. Now let's see what they did today. Verse 19. Now chapter 11 is a big summary chapter for chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, and 10, okay? You need to go back. If you're just with us today as a guest, we're glad that you're here. Please fill out the uh, connect card and put it in the offering plate or, or leave it in your seat. We'll, we'll connect with you this week. But if you haven't been here, you need to go back and read the book of Acts and you can get the notes online. Jeremiah does a great job getting our information online, and we're thankful for that. Let's read together. Acts chapter 11, pick it up in verse 19. You know Peter's already been doing his work, and he had to explain to the church, hey, listen, God has dropped down. The Holy Spirit came down on those Gentiles over at Cornelius' house. Everybody saved. Everybody was baptized. Revival's happening at Cornelius' house, right? While that's going on, meanwhile, back at the ranch, we got another story's happening. The Holy Spirit, by the way, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father has never left the throne. Did you know that? When you said this morning, when you sang hallelujah, when you said praise the Lord, you're singing to the Father. Listen, hallelujah, what are you saying? Praise the, the Lord. The Father's in, listen, he's in heaven. He's never left heaven. The Bible says, listen, John 4, 24, those, listen, he is spirit. And those of us that worship him, how shall we worship him? In spirit and in truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Do you see that complementary relationship? Three persons in one. I, do you understand it? If you do, you're better than me. I don't fully understand it. And Jesus said, I must go away so that the promise of God, the gift of God would come. What is the gift of the promise of God? He's also called the comforter. Who is he? He is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. If you have a King James Bible, he come to live in us, the Bible says, and around us. So when I walk downtown, guess what happens? When I'm walking the streets, the Holy Spirit walks with me, and he walks around me. When I go into a movie theater, guess what if the movie is inappropriate for a Christian to see? Guess who you're making watch that movie? The Holy Spirit. Y'all said Holy Spirit. Real quiet. You know why? Because you don't, it doesn't bother you to walk into a place that's actually using the Lord's name in vain to watch something. And listen, it's happened to me on TV. And guess what happened to me lately? Because there's a lot of action movies that's coming on somehow on cable. Somebody told them what movies I like. 
I like spy movies and all those crazy fighting movies and stuff. And I hadn't been watching for a long time. And guess what we'll do as Christians? And it happened to me. I caught myself. We'll let that one slide, right? That was just one. It used to be, that's one, that's another. That's my kids. Throw the whole TV out in the yard. That's what I'm, you know, I was ready to respond that way. And now, like I said, I'm getting older. I sit there and because I'm vegging, like some of you do after work. And that show comes on and they're doing everything I really wanted to do in life, right? Fight, be a spy. So I'm just watching them do it, right, in live time. And then something's said or something's done. And what do we do? We look the other way until the Holy Spirit of God calls us out. And when he calls you out, guess what you should do? Yes, sir, and respond right away. He is not a power source. He's not an it. He is a person. He is a he. He's the third part of the Godhead. He walks with you and around you. He protects you. And listen, he's going to carry you through. He's with the church, even when the church is somewhat wrong. Let's see this, verse 19. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over, wait a minute, the Bible's messed up. Who was causing the persecution? We, we know about it. Who was causing it? Saul. This, who who they give credit to? Stephen. Why does Stephen get the credit? Because he was the recipient of the persecution. The church had role modeled, not Saul. Oh, we're afraid of Saul and the traditions of the fathers. We're so afraid of him. They were afraid of being killed. But they said, listen, we have now become Christians, and now we want to follow Christ just like Stephen did. I'm going to go with Stephen. Stephen is our role model. Stephen was killed. I don't want to be killed, so therefore I'm going to go. And we know if you keep reading, we'll see this in a minute. They went to the island of Cyprus. They've gone over to Libya, and now they've gone up with his modern-day Turkey or North Syria. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution, that's the persecution that Saul brought, that arose over Stephen. Stephen was stoned to death, if you go back and read. He was chosen in chapter 6 and stoned right there in chapter 8. Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, as Cyprus, Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. The gospels for our people only. Look around. What if you said that about whatever your last name is, the gospel is just for us? Would that be fair? It'd be silly. But if you didn't know any better, guess what? That's what you would do. Does that happen in the church today? If you don't know better, if you're not taught the Word of God, if you don't continue to read the Word of God, the whole counsel of God, you'll think what the man up front says is the gospel truth 100% of the time, right? And it should be, shouldn't it? Shouldn't the pastor be preaching the truth? But can we as people be people that are Christians and be in error? Because we're ignorant, not stupid, that's a different word, we're ignorant not knowing the Word of God. We must be people who read the Word of God, and therefore we live out the Word of God, so that we might bring glory to the Son of God, who turns the wreck around and glorifies Father God. We come to the place that our lives are to be lived this very way. And your notes, and your, I know you're waiting on your notes, because i got to get through the Scripture. I'm trying to speed it up, but I want you to see this. Listen, these people had a motivated heart to serve Jesus, but they were doing it not 100% right. They were up preaching just to their people. And then along comes these other people. Look at verse 20. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. That's the Greek Jews or the Greeks as well that would hear. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. By the way, that's where the first church was. That was the home church, if you will. And they sent out, who'd they send? Barnabas, son of encouragement. That's his name. That's what they gave him his name. Do y'all know somebody like that? I talked about Richard Bragg this morning. He's not Barnabas. His name is Richard. But he's just like Barnabas. 
He's always laughing, greeting at the door. He and Miss Carolyn, and of course, the only reason to be a happy man is because he's got a, a happy wife, right? She takes care of him, feeds him, keeps him, out, keeps him right, straight, and moving, kicking him at once. And I guess she gives him a foot once in a while. I'm just kidding. Just a happy couple. They're always at the door greeting us and telling us, have a good Sunday leaving. I know this COVID has changed a lot of things. But when I think about Barnabas, I think about who in the church is somebody who encourages all the time. It doesn't matter in good days, bad days, rainy days, hot days, cold days, who's encouraging? Richard and Carolyn Bragg are always encouraging. There's other people, who, and I can say, who's serving? I can drop a name. I say, who's actually teaching? I can drop a name. We go down the list and say, who are those people that are doing the work of God? And it doesn't depend on age. Listen, Barnabas is here, and he's going as far as Antioch. But as Barnabas goes, guess what Barnabas is doing? Is he whistling while he's working? No, he's going to the place. He's actually preaching the word of God on the route. What does he know that they don't know in Antioch? He knows that the gospel has come to the Gentiles. So when the first group left the church, they only preached to people like them. They checked out, where are you from? I'm from Israel. Oh, you're, you're a Jew? Oh, yeah. Your skin color. And people overseas, listen, they know each other. In Kenya, uh, steak one, when, funny, when he came here, he goes, Clint, I don't understand I was like, what do you mean? Who's, who are the elders? I'm like, the people with white hair. He said, all you white people look the same. I was like, are you kidding me? I've been right in the middle of the Rift Valley with you, and you talk about Turkana, Kukuyu, and I said, all the black people in Kenya look the same, but yet you tell me they're, what tribe they're from. No, 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 they're different. Okay, you can see the difference. I can't. But when he came here, he couldn't tell a, a 30-year-old from an 80-year-old. He, he couldn't tell the difference. He always said, you white people look the same. He'd never, he'd always say, is that an elder? Is that an elder? Because in his culture, he would respect elders, people that were older. An elder was at least 40 years old. Because you don't live long in the River Valley. You don't live those long, long lives in the River Valley. He wanted to pay respect because that was his tradition. And he was a Christian, but he didn't know who to pay respect to. These people, the first group that left the church in Jerusalem, they went and they preached of their kind because they could identify who was and who was not their people. Well, here comes Barnabas, and he's blazing the trail everywhere they'd been. And guess what he's doing? He knows the secret that the Holy Spirit has come upon all people. And he's telling the word, and he gets to Antioch. And watch what he does. This is a beautiful thing that happens when he gets to Antioch. Then the news of these things came to the church in verse 22 and verse 23. When he had came and seen, what did he see, church? He saw, the Bible says, the grace of God. And he was glad and encouraged them all. Here he is, encouragement. He's the son of encouragement. He encouraged them all with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. Verse 24 tells us his resume, just a snapshot of his resume. For he was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek. Who did he go after? Saul. Who was persecuting the church while they went to Antioch? Saul. What's he doing now? And now he's messing, right? Because he's gone to the place he's going to get Saul. And when he had found him, verse 26, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called, here's a word, call it Christians in Antioch. The first time ever the word Christian was used was they were like little Christ, like little Jesuses. You ever been somewhere when you get saved? When I was uh, in the insurance business, here comes preacher boy. Every time I, I would say, I don't talk like you guys, and some people say, well, doesn't that hurt your feelings when they say that? I've had a large missile shot at us, a live missile warhead. We, we, it misfired and came back at us. We've had bullets shot of us, and we've had, you, if you've ever been to boot camp, you've had every word in the dictionary that's not supposed to be in the dictionary said to you. 
So some people think that I get offended whenever they say something ugly to me. It's like, it's just water off a duck's back. I mean, I've had a missile shot at me. Well, your words don't matter to a missile. Now, a missile makes a difference. It didn't make me run. I just want you to know I ran as far as I can run, ready to dive into the Atlantic Ocean. All right? Boot camp instructors, they're pretty rough, aren't they, Bernard? They can get in your face and get in your grill. They mess up your sleep. But words don't matter when it comes to the place of hurting people. We come to this place, listen, you ever heard the sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never what? But what have we turned it into today? Your words, I was hurt. I was church hurt because of something somebody said to me. There's a big can of that, y'all. Open up and get over it, right? Just open up the get over can. And we won't because, could you imagine the first church that somebody hurt their feelings? I ain't going to Phoenicia because they hurt my feelings. I ain't going to Cyprus because they hurt my feelings. I'll stand right here. And guess what would happen if they stayed right in town? Because there were more people like Saul, right? The leadership was bent on destroying the Christians because they were the enemy of their culture. They were losing their jobs because now they say they're praying to the high priest, Jesus Christ. And I'm the high priest. And boys, if y'all don't do something, we're going to lose our jobs. Now, they wouldn't have lost their jobs. All they had to do was follow in lockstep with the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah. And guess what would happen? I'm sure of this because I know many, the Bible says many of them believed. God would have used those men of God who knew the Old Testament well to be what? Great preachers of the gospel in the New Testament. If they'd only listened to the word they preached before and had taught before, if they'd only lived it out, walked it out with purpose of heart, then they would have been used, I'm sure, of God. Now, this is not a tag in, but let me finish out the verses 27. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all of the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to, by the elders, by the hands of, who they sent it by? Barnabas and Saul. Were, were these men dependable? What did Barnabas do early on when the church got started? He sold a, a partial of land and he gave it to the church. He was dependable. He was actually the one who funded the Lord Jesus Christ, used him to fund the church when it got started. They had no money to start the church. And guess what happened? God sends a Barnabas. And then, lo and behold, here comes the church being persecuted. What happens? Well, Jesus encounters this hard head, and guess he, he knocks him off his high horse, no pun intended. And what happens? Then we have a Saul who's been converted. He knows the Old Testament like nothing flat. He knows the word about the Messiah coming. He knows the word of God. And now that he's saved, guess what he's doing it? He's speaking it with bold and authority. Everywhere he goes, he's preaching it. And we know that the Lord took him out of commission for some time to go get him three years of training. He had to go to school with Jesus for three years out in the desert. And he learned. And even here, he takes what he knows and he's making disciples in Antioch. All right? Get to your notes. Let me show this. It is evident in the book of Acts the church is a people, not a building in a specific locale. Y'all need to understand that. Many of our Catholic friends believe the church is the building. This is integral to a part of the worship. Listen, this is a building. If they tear it down tomorrow, we will still worship next week somewhere. Understand? This building is not the church, all right? This is not. This is stuff that's in a building. Now, when we're here, we're the church gathered. We are the people of God. In Antioch, the people here, that when they gathered, they are the church. It's the not the building, the people. Now, you can say, tongue-in-cheek, are we going to church? Yes. But the church is for whom? Think about the church. The church is the people of God. Think about what we should do when we come into this place. What should be some characteristics of the people of God 
gathering because he lives inside of us. What should be a natural outflow or supernatural outflow for you and for me when we come to this place? If you're a Christian, what should be a natural outflow? Worship. Come on, help me. Praise. Thanksgiving. Rejoicing. Prayer. Amen? Y'all look like you're recovering from hookworm disease. Like, do, you, do you understand this? This is who we are. Well, my feelings are hurt. What should you do? Come on, church, say it. You get over it. Could you imagine not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because somebody made your, hurt your feelings 15 years ago? Could you imagine the first church, listen, they, they went over, they left Jerusalem and they were mad because somebody messed up because they loved being at first Jerusalem because it was an awesome church, but they, people made us leave. God forbid we'd be lost. All of us would be in hell today because the church didn't do what they're supposed to do. How many people are going to hell today because you're not doing what you're supposed to do? You are the church, not this building. You have a responsibility to give out the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have an obligation because you said yes to Jesus Christ. He is your Lord and He is your Savior. And listen, you are the part of the bride of Christ. You have the responsibility to give out the gospel to your sphere of influence. You know people, I don't know, and I know people, you don't know. And could you imagine if I walked around and had my feelings hurt? Have y'all ever thought one bad thing about the pastor in this church? Don't, don't answer it loud. My wife can't answer either. I'm her kids. You've thought bad thoughts about me. You've been mad at me before, I'm sure, most of you. You've said something about me that you shouldn't have said. God will forgive that, and so will I. Here, flip it. Have I ever thought bad thoughts about you? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> have I ever said things I shouldn't have said? Oh, yes, I have. I've been here for 11 years. I've been through some war zones in 11 years. Amen? I've been some stuff said in 11 years. Lots of prayers of forgiveness. God, would you forgive me? God, why did I think like that? God, please, no. I don't want fire to fall from heaven, right? But here's the obligation that we have. Could you imagine we walked walk around like that with our bottom lip stuck out all the time? I just want to encourage you to get a can of it, y'all. Get a can of get over it. Amen? Look, here's your motivated heart. While the church continued to receive persecution from society, they continued to scatter. They continued to preach salvation in Jesus alone. And they grew bolder. They, they were growing bolder. I put grow bolder. Grew bolder. Grew. That's grew bolder in their faith. They grew bolder. Every time persecution come, instead of crying and going home to mama, they actually took off and got bolder. They, they packed up their bags, and they went and said, okay, this is how it's going to be. I guess this is the new normal. Every time we preach Jesus, the devil's going to come against us. And every time the devil comes against us, we're going to preach Jesus. It makes sense to me. Listen, does it make sense to you? Stephen, number one, listen, Stephen was a martyr for his faith as recorded in Acts chapter 7, verses 59 and 60. You can read it for yourself. The Holy Spirit used the Word of God the believer's faith in Christ, and the persecution of the church to motivate them to be on mission. He told them in Acts 1.8, you will begin in Jerusalem. You will go to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. They're like, yeah, right. Isn't it great eating this? I love this porridge and pie, whatever it is. It's the best Jewish pie I've ever had in my life, right? Shepherd's pie, that's what it's called. Best shepherd's pie ever. You ever had shepherd's pie? I don't like it. All right. Anyway, it's the best ever. Remember in Acts chapter 6 when they picked up deacons, seven deacons, men full of the wisdom and the Holy Spirit? What was, that? What was happening? Church is growing. We noticed 3,000 were baptized, saved and baptized, then 5,000. And then what happens in the church? They get into a food fight. 
the Jews that are from hometown Jews are not feeding the Greek Jews like they should. The apostle said, we're not going to stop preaching and praying. You guys choose for you. Among yourself, you choose seven men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Let them decide. And guess what happened? One of those seven men was Stephen. One of those seven men also was Philip that we read about, and we will read about him again shortly coming up in a, in a couple of chapters. But then he disappears off the scene. So the, we have deacons preaching the Word of God. Should our deacons at Town Creek Baptist Church be prepared to preach the Word of God? Yes. Until COVID-19, our deacons were in the nursing homes, and our, our men and women along with them, helping out in the nursing homes, preaching and teaching the Word of God. You say, well, how useless is that? Because people usually got their head down, they're not paying attention until we sing songs. But guess what happened? We had several people that were been saved in the nursing homes. Because the Word of God is what changes people's lives. We must be about people who give out the Word of God. The Word of God today is the same for us. Believers have the faith in Christ. And listen, persecution's coming, is it not? Y'all think anything I just said this morning about this ordinance is going to be modified this week? I'm going to stand against that ordinance if it gets modified. If they come against the church, I will make a stand. I'm just telling you now as a pastor. It might cost me my job. It might co won't cost me my freedom. It might cost me a lot of money. But I will stand. Some of the scattered preach, listen, number two, only to Jews about Jesus because they were motivated by the message and by the culture. They did not know the gospel and the Holy Spirit was for the Gentiles also. Is it okay to do something out of ignorance? The answer is, you have made that answer. I didn't give it to you, did I? When you, listen, I had told you, I had an old pastor say, if you were wrong, do you want to know that you're wrong? Yes or no? About any situation, math, science, society, the Bible, no matter what it is, if you were wrong, do you want to know that you're wrong? Yes or no? That's not true. You all just lied in church. Because you've been told week after week to do things differently, haven't you, from the Word of God. Don't be like that. Be like Peter last week. This week, be like Saul. Be like Barnabas. Be charitable. We're going to talk about giving at the end of this chapter. And now you all said, listen, if you're wrong, you'll know that you're wrong. If you're not giving 10% of your income to the Lord's work, you're wrong. People say, well, that's not biblical. Well, guess where the word tithe comes from? The Bible. Does that make it biblical? All of God's people said, amen. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know my bills. I didn't get you into debt. He was your God before you bought that car. He was your God before you bought that big house. He was your God before you bought that little sports thing, whatever it is. He was your God that gave you life before then. He's your God who saved you before you got in all the mess that you're in. He's your God before you quit your job because you was mad. Amen? Don't blame God for some stupid decisions that you made. That money belongs to him every week. People rob God every single week. Malachi 3.10, Malachi told us. He called us out for God's sake. You guys are robbing me. That's God speaking. Another sermon for another day. Let's keep going. But if you, listen, if you're wrong, do you want to know that you're wrong? There's a few less yeses that time, Ms. Janet. <clears throat> Let me try it again. If you were wrong, do you want to know that you're wrong? If you're not tithing to the Lord's work, we don't need your money. God don't need your money because it's his money. He'll strike you dead tomorrow, and I'll get all of it, right, to the Lord's work, right? Right? Your widow might give it to her. Your widower might give it to the Lord's work. I'll tell you an example. Alex took me to his neighbor's house, 7,000-square-foot house, huge house. Man died. He said, Dad, you want to see some? I'm not a big hunter. You want to see some stuff? I'm like, okay. A couple dead deer hanging on the wall. It's not impressive to me. It just, I don't care how big the rack is. It doesn't impress me. Like, sit in the woods long enough, you'll see about anything run through, right? Amen? Went in this house, 
the house was built, it seemed like it was built around this. Y'all, I was, a, I was like a kid in a candy store. Every animal that I've really loved viewing in the wild or viewing on TV, I love the Discovery Channel kind of stuff, a full-grown lion mount, cheetah, cougar, warthogs, every animal on the plane in Africa. I mean, the, the room was just full. I guarantee we would fill these walls if we hung them up here with all the different things. A bust of giraffe. I'm, so, I'm standing under it. Amazing. Just, just every animal, like, good grief. How many? I started thinking, how many bullets did he have to shoot, to shoot this stuff? And how much money did it cost on airfare? I went down the list. I was doing the millions and millions of dollars that it cost for this place. It was his trophy room. And now that he's passed, his widow wants to get rid of it. It mattered to him. I'm sure it matters to her for memories, but it don't matter to her like it didn't matter to him. Amen? The truth? So the same thing about your riches, what you have. That boat, that motorcycle, that car, that truck, whatever it is that you value the most, go ahead and stop breathing today. Somebody's going to be driving it for you tomorrow. Right? It might take a little probate, but they're going to get it. Right? It's too big for her to drive. I don't want that big four-wheel drive mess. I told her not to get it back in the day, right? Listen, I want to just teach you. Everything that you have belongs to the Lord. Don't get so far in debt, any venture that you get so far in debt that you can't serve him. If you're wrong, do you want to know that you're wrong? If you're not tithing to the Lord's work, you're wrong. And you should tithe at the local church. You don't go give it to WAFJ. You don't go give it to some ministry to feed the poor. That's an offering. That's above and beyond. Now, it might be a ministry that we connect here, and we go do that together. But it starts at the local church. You'll see that. You say, well, how do you know that? Let's re read the word. That's how we learn. Let me go through the notes so you have this. They were wrong. They were ignorant of not knowing they were wrong. Some of the scattered preached to all the people about Jesus as they traveled because they were motivated by love and freedom. <clears throat> this Simon of Cyrene, remember who he was? He's from Libya, more than likely a dark-skinned man, an African-American from Libya who carried the cross of Jesus Christ. I read something this week, and I can't preach it to you because I don't know all of it's true. I'm going to do my own study. I told my Sunday school class, I'm doing a thread right now, and it's exciting to see where this man from Cyrene came from and where he possibly left his children and his wife. It's amazing to see what's happened. I think it's true. I just got to read, keep reading myself. I'm like, y'all, I have to keep reading. These people from Cyrene came, and they're preaching to everybody. They come to the place, Jews, the Greek Jews, they're not separating the difference. They're preaching, look at verse 20, they're preaching the Lord Jesus. Watch this, I want you to see this, this is incredible. The scattered followers of Jesus had what's called divine favor. Have you ever heard of divine favor? Divine is reference to God and having the favor of God. <clears throat> Today, many people are preaching white privilege. You say, <clears throat> all the white people, the black people, brown people, and everybody inside say, what? <clears throat> and systemic racism, have you heard this? And we want reparations, have you heard this? God forbid that, Paul says, don't get entangled with this society. Now, a good soldier does not get entangled with the civilian stuff. And y'all, we at war, amen? Who are we at war for? Do you ever pray for those protesters? And listen, the Black Lives Matters, I do not support. Somebody said, you haven't spoken out about Black Lives Matter. I do not support Black Lives Matter one iota. You know why? Before you throw something at me, don't throw a hymnal at me. It's because it is run by the gay and lesbian agenda. You keep reading their tenets. You say, well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Do I love black people? Adrian, come on, brother. I do. Do I love brown people? I'm... Do I love brown people? I do. And I just read something this week. I didn't know it, or last week. 
we're all a shade of brown. Did you know that? Every single human is a shade of brown. Ken Ham, if you want to know the answers in Genesis, look it up. It's amazing. But we come to the place, but if you read the tenets of Black Lives Matter, they very clear it's about black people, black people, black people, and then it's all about the gay and lesbian agenda. They want to tear the natural family apart. They want to come to the place that they want transgenders in, in public where it's normal. Go, go read it for yourself and you'll see. Do I love black people? Adrian, I'm going to beat you up after church. I love black people in love. <laughs> yes, I do. Do I love brown people? Listen, I've been around the world. In Kenya, when, you, when it feels like to be a minority, what happened in, the, in our past? Was it sinful? The answer is yes. If you've been in our church, we took one Sunday that we were dedicated. It made some people mad. They got mad at me. Some left our church that we stood and said, as a whole, this church had been racist for a long time. We've been 106 years old. We have slaves buried in our graveyard at the old, old church. We have Confederate soldiers buried down there. We have people of every stripe of color buried down there. Does that bother you? And if the answer is yes, you need to check up on your faith. If you're my brother, listen, if you're my brother or my sister in Christ, I should love you more than my white brother or sister that's natural birth, amen, if they're not saved. I'm part of the family of God. I don't sit and listen, do you pray for the people? How many of you just watch the news over and over again? And of course, the news is trying to incite you for business. And, and social media is trying to get you, get your all temperature uh, raised up so you can actually go fight somebody. How many of you are actually taking time to pray for those people? God, those people need Jesus. Well, I need to be out there preaching Jesus to those people. I need to make a difference and speak about it. And what the devil wants us to do is say, no, no, no. You come over and get in your camp, like Peter. You come over and get in your camp, like Saul. You go back over there and get in your camp over those people in, in Cyrene. By the way, you get in your camp over those people in Cyprus. Let's just stay apart. Listen, let's just preach to our people. This happened in this city, and I've shared this with some of you. I was in a meeting with all black ministers because I was invited. And they were told, listen, you say, well, this is racist. It's not. I'm just talking about, there's no such thing as racism or reverse racism that comes to place. There's such thing as racism. There's no such thing as reverse racism. If we don't speak the truth in love, we'll cower down. We'll, we'll hide behind things. But they said, we must do business with our people. And we must elect our people. And we must come to the place where we only socialize with our people. And I, and I raised my hand. They invited me. I was the dumb one that raised my hand. And I said, are you talking about our people as in Christians? Man, that's an awesome word to hear. It refreshes my heart to hear brothers in Christ from a different mother, right, sharing about our people. I said, are you talking about our people, black people? And by the way, there's no such thing as a black person, right? Unless you get to the equator. Turkana people are black. I've been there. There's no such thing as a white person either, right? Anybody want to? Am I, anybody? I, what I'm trying to say is we have boxes that we check. But they were talking about doing business just with a certain group of people because of their skin color, not because of who they belong to. I am a child of God. God is my father. If God is your father, it makes you my brother or my sister. Do you understand? We don't come up and say what color you are. We come to the place that actually stand on the word of God and say, listen, we got work to do. When I was in the military, I looked around and said, these people are just like me. I wasn't saved. I was recognizing that people had five fingers on each hand, most people, right? They had different hair color. Look around. Look to the left and right of you. You want to see something funny? Look, look around. God's got, listen, has he not got the variety pack when he made us? God is a God who's diverse. And I've said this from this pulpit, and I'll say it again. Who's your oldest grandfather? Adam. And who's your oldest grandmother? 
that's my grandfather and grandmother too. Amen? We're all family. God's just a guy, he's just, a, he's just an artist. He can do his work. They had divine favor from God. How do we get divine favor of God? By doing it God's way, church. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. They were motivated through experiencing God. In Matthew 28, when he told his disciples that they would actually make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything that he had taught them. Acts chapter 1, he says, listen, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Was God's word coming true? Two of you said yes. Was God's word coming true? It was happening in real time. Let me ask you this. Is God's word coming true today? The devil's trying to divide us on every corner, is he not? And some people are sliding right into that. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm against you, and I'm against you. If you go to Russia, guess what's happening? Almost everybody in there is, we would call them white. Guess what they're doing in the news last night? They're fighting each other because you speak a different language than I do. They're cousins. You go to Kenya and the Rift Valley today, listen, predominantly, I was the only white person there when I was in a certain area with a group that was actually doing medical missions in the area I was in. Guess what they're doing? Every time our plane took off, guess what would happen? They would fight each other for the resources. Listen, one tribe would come over and fight the other tribe. Mankind is evil in their heart. Did you know that? Has evil. Above all, the heart is wicked, the Bible says. But when Jesus Christ changes the heart, guess what he does? He eventually is going to work up and he's going to change the head. As you think, so are you. Let me finish this and I'll give you this. When the church of Jerusalem heard God was moving in Antioch, they were motivated to send Barnabas to the region to investigate. I hope you see the word motivated every time we see this. Barnabas, a godly man, both privately and publicly, saw that the grace of God poured out on the church of Antioch, and he was glad. He was motivated to encourage all believers in their faith. Why was he motivated to encourage? Because he was gifted by God to be an encourager. If you're gifted by God to be a teacher, guess what you should be doing? Teaching the people of God. If you're gifted to be a servant, guess what you should be doing? Serving the people of God. Listen, if you've been gifted with a gift of mercy, guess what you should be doing? Hanging out with Wendy. Because she has the gift of mercy. Every week she says, remember, you're working on gentleness. She brings that mercy. You like salt, good salt and pepper on a piece of meat, right? Just that perfect seasoning. Bring it in, bring it in. You need to go apologize for that. You need to fix that. You need to send them a letter. You need to send a card. You need to make a phone call. She's constantly reminding me why. Because she hears things I don't hear. She says, you say some things the right way, but you say them the wrong way. You say the right thing the wrong way sometimes. Am I guilty of that? Amen. All right? Not trying to. Barnabas left Antioch to travel to Tarsus to retrieve Saul. Guess what? How would you feel when he would come rolling into town with Saul? Why are you in Antioch anyway? Why are these people in Antioch? Because Saul was, he killed Stephen, and he's persecuting the church in Jerusalem. We had to leave Jerusalem and come to Antioch as far as we could go. Our resources let us go to Antioch, which, by the way, Antioch was, I think, the third largest city in the Roman region that the Romans had. Besides Italy, Rome, this was the third largest city, so it was a huge city. So they went into the New York City, if you will, to hide. That way they could actually duck in alleyways and get away from things. But there was still money to be made there. And now here comes Barnabas. He's with them. He's proud. He's encouraging them. He leaves and comes back with the very man who run them out of town. How do you think they would have felt against Saul? At least let me punch you in the name of Jesus one time, right? I wanna, man, I left everything. I left my farm. I left my family because of you. And now he's here, and guess what he does? What did Barnabas see when he came to Antioch? Church, listen, get this down. What did he see when he came to Antioch? He saw the grace of God. 
Let me encourage you. When you're looking at me, you see the grace of God. You say, well, I don't see much of it. Yeah, you do, because you don't know who I used to be. When you look at yourself in the mirror today, listen, you better say, thank you, God, for your grace. If you're saved today, you can thank him when you look in the mirror because you know who you used to be. Is that true? And then you can say, thank you for your mercies. Grace is you gave me something I did not deserve. I did not deserve salvation, but God gave it to me. Mercy is he did not give to you what you do deserve, and you deserve death and hell is what you deserve. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. Amen. He don't restart the clock on you. It's just every time we get up, we remind it, Lord, thank you for your mercies. Because I know what I deserve. And Lord, thank you for your grace, because you gave me something I didn't deserve. You gave me Jesus. Some of you need to be thanking the Lord a little more often. If you're wrong, do you want to know that you're wrong? Be motivated by what the Word of God says and give Him praise. Barnabas receives and listen. They returned to Enoch and said, One year, both were motivated to make disciples, mature disciples of the Lord, of the Lord at the church of Antioch. Believers were first called Christians in Antioch. They were motivated to model their lives after Jesus, Stephen, Barnabas, and Saul. Is that true? You say, Pastor, can you back that up? What did Barnabas do? He encouraged them. Later, Paul will say, listen, Saul, he'll, use his, he'll go from his Hebrew name to his Roman name, Paul. Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is his Roman name. He'll change his name to Paul. He'll be known as the Apostle Paul after this. And he'll say, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, listen, watch me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Can you say that today? If I was to follow you blindly and do everything you do and say everything you say, would you model the Lord Jesus Christ? Is your heart motivated to serve Jesus? If not, listen, change your ways. Your name is Christian. Either change your name or change your ways. Amen? Change your name. Don't call yourself a Christian. Tell everybody, if, you, if you curse and carry on and act like everybody else, tell everybody, for God's sake, would you tell them that you're a Muslim? Tell them you're a Jehovah Witness. Tell them you're a Mormon. Don't tell people at work that you're a Christian. Please don't tell them you come to Town Creek Baptist Church. What an embarrassment for our church to have somebody represent the church. I go there too, and then you cursing, and five minutes later, talking trash like everybody else. Or your social media post is so awful and so ill that you're embarrassing the kingdom. You're embarrassing yourself, first and foremost. But you're embarrassing the name of Jesus Christ. Please tell them you're Muslim. Change your name or change your ways. Amen? Be motivated. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. Finally, during the season of discipleship, prophets came from Jerusalem. One named Agabus prophesied of a great famine that was coming in their time. The Holy Spirit motivated him to reveal future truth. And by the way, this did come true. And Christians in Antioch were motivated by the word of God to send financial relief to the church in Jerusalem so they might make it through the pandemic. Whoop, what, a pandemic? Is this relevant for today? You say, well, Pastor, where do you see the word pandemic? I see the word so it was that the whole year, the whole world, listen, that whole year, they assembled with the church and taught great things, right? Go down and look at the bottom. That all of the world, which also happened to be in the days of Claudius Caesar, who's going to have the famine? The whole world. All of the world would have the famine, which makes it a what? A pandemic. All right. You think God's reward's relevant today? Get ready. You need to get your house in order. If your budget says, after all my bills are paid, I got money left over, guess what you should do with that money? Save some, spend some, and give some away. That's what you got to do. What are you teaching your children? People are giving their kids debit cards today, y'all. Is that the most foolish thing you can ever think of? They can't see that money. You know how easy it is? Right? And now what is the culture saying? Hey, no more cash. We don't have any coins. 
just give us your card. It's getting us ready for some other things I'll preach about in the future. But it's getting used to the point that you actually won't matter and just swipe it. It's just $25.50, right? People have got given account for their resources. They sent the relief by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Each gave according to their ability and motivated heart. Do people in this building have more ability than others, would you say? Yes. Teenagers, would you all say that? If you don't have a job or if you have a part-time job or if you're working, you make cutting grass and everything's on the side. Do people have more money than other people? The answer is yes. So what do, how do you give? According to the resources given you. Some have abilities greater than others. Now, do we brag about it? No, we don't brag about it. But we know of in the Bible, God talked about it because we know that Barnabas gave this large piece of land. And then we know right behind, if you were in church with us, Ananias and the fire started to come back and say, listen, all right, we made 100000 on it. Let's tell them we made eighty. okay? We're going to get 80000 We'll keep twenty for ourselves to buy that new chariot that you want, right, with the extra spinners on it, right, the, the, the trim gold. Right, we're going to buy that. We'll keep it aside. Just tell them we spent eighty. Okay? Good, good, good. They go in. And Peter says, first thing he says is, why have you chosen to lie to the Holy Spirit? Who saw through everything? God. Who sees through your life today? He sees your motivation of your heart. He knows what motivates you to get up and go, to get up and do. These people are changing the world for Jesus Christ because they were motivated by the message. They were motivated with all their heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you as a church and as a people open up that can? Let me ask you, can you do it? Can you pour it out and do what? Can you get over it? Sometimes it might need some counseling. Sometimes you need some encouragement. But I just want to encourage you today. Listen, get over it. Get over it. You say, well, my political, get over it. You say, well, I believe, get over it. If the Word of God speaks clearly that we are to be the people of God, doing the will of God so that we might bring glory to God, get over it. we got work to do, church. If you're still on something from last week that Brother Adrian said or something that happened before then or keep going back, if you still got issues every week, every week you've got an issue, something's wrong. You've missed a month. you missed a year. you missed 10 years of your life not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says it is appointed a man once to die, and then the judgment. You're going to give an account for not doing what the Lord Jesus Christ told you to do. And he told you to be on mission for him. It is a mandatory command. It is not a suggestion if we like it. You must be about sharing Jesus Christ. And if you're not, listen, if you're not, you're sinning against God. Have you ever heard that before? Anybody ever told you it's a sin not to share the Jesus? Not to share Jesus? If God commands it and you say no or don't do it, is it a sin? But in that context, it makes it sound better, doesn't it? It's a sin not to share Jesus with the watching world. Quit getting involved in all the other peripheral stuff because that's where Satan wants to bring. The Bible says he's the author of confusion. He'll bring about confusion in your life just like that. As soon as you hear the message, you'll walk out, he'll bring confusion. A phone call, interruption, a car wreck, something is going to bring about confusion. Don't be confused. No, have a motivated heart to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for today that you are very clear. And Lord, the, the word is right there before us. You tell us how we should live. You tell us very clearly that we are to be motivated to serve you because of the word, because of the message, because of Jesus. And when we hear messages like this, we can be hard and hardcore and actually withdraw. Our Father, we can take it and say, I don't like it, but I'm going to get over it. Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, with your help, I can get through anything. 
These people moved countries to get away from persecution. And Lord, if we really look at it, you brought about the persecution so that these people might be motivated to move. So Lord, even in persecution, even in pandemic, even in panic, we praise you because you're using all things for our good because we're called according to your purpose. We love you. Lord, if there's somebody in this room today that's never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, Lord, challenge their hearts so they might hear the truth and respond like these people did in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, Antioch, Cyprus, Cyrene. Lord, let us truly know that we know that we know that we've given our heart and life to Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, let us be on fire for you for the rest of our lives. Lord, we know you're ready to help us. So many times we're disobedient. Fix and help our disobedience, we pray. No, we beg. In the name of Jesus and for his sake, amen.